Welcome to The War. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. As America continued to increase its support and sympathy for the Allies, radio continued to challenge the Nazis and the Axis powers. Not every uh, attack on the Axis was as blatant as the Superman serial we listened to last week. Some could be quite subtle and of extremely high quality, particularly if the author was uh, the man that many consider to be radio's poet laureate, Norman Corwin. Corwin, in 1941, was in the midst of great success. He had uh, a, uh, had his work uh, featured on the Columbia Workshop, which opened itself up to new voices, new stories, and new approaches to radio. And he became so popular, he had a chance to uh, take over the Columbia Workshop for 26 weeks. 26 weeks in which he would uh, produce and write each week's story. Series one of radio's most beloved and highest quality programs, 26 by Corwin. We're going to play three episodes from that series on the war. Two are very directly uh, relevant to it. This first episode may seem an odd choice at first. In the midst of the series, Corwin decided to do a trilogy of stories from the Old Testament. And this is the second story in that trilogy. And uh, the listener may wonder what exactly um, a story from the Bible has to do with Nazi Germany. Well, you'll find out today. Let's go ahead and take a listen to the Columbia Workshop presentation of the Old Testament Trilogy Part 2, uh, dated August the 17th, 1941. Esther. A new biblical opera by Lynn Murray and Norman Corwin, presented as number 15 in the Columbia Workshop Cycle, 26 by Corwin, and featuring Martin Gable, Arnold Moore, Everett Sloan, Joan Vitez, and Winston O'Keefe. Now it came to pass, in the days of Ahasuerus, from India even unto Ethiopia, over an hundred and twenty and seven provinces. I do hereby proclaim this year of my reign, the biggest feast ever seen in thee. Six months we'll make merry and let workers stay alone and sing and dance and celebrate the glory of the throne. And there was a big feast in Shuchan. There was a big feast in Chu Shen. There was shake in Chu Shen. They chewed the rag in Chu Shen. They threw bones in Chu Shen. They drank like fish in Chu Shen. Oh, Chu Shen, Chu Shen, Chu Shen. 
when the heart of the king was merry with wine, and he was in his cups and he was feeling fine, four sheets to the wind and under the weather, he called his seven chamberlains together. Now, gentlemen, welcome to your majesty, Queen Vashti. Vashti's giving a party in the royal house for women only. Oh, yes. Well, bring her here to me. Yes, right away, your majesty. Yes, right away, your majesty. Yes, right away, your majesty. Now, Vashti, she was spirited and highly independent. A purple-blooded Persians, a proud descendant. Her bearing it was regal and her attitude was bold. When the Chamberlains arrived, her compliments were cold. What do you want? His Imperial Majesty requests the presence of Her Imperial Majesty at the feast in the garden of the court of the palace. Oh, he the... does, does he? Tell him I'm busy with my own guests. But, madam... Annoy me no further. I refuse to go with you. But, Your Highness... Did you hear me? Yes, yes, yes Your Imperial Majesty. Very well. Now get out. Name you can. Yes, Your Majesty. You are reputed to be the sagest of the seven princes of Persia? Yes, Your Majesty. That is why I sent for you. I need your advice. Yes, Your Majesty. You are a very wise fellow, Memucan. If you can't advise me, who can? Nobody. The queen has disobeyed an imperial command. She has broken with tradition. She has gotten out of hand. So how am I to act now? What conclusions do you draw? What can we do unto the queen according to the law? Sire, in my opinion, Vashti the queen has wronged not only the king, but also the princes and all the people in the province. For this deed of the queen will be noised among the wives And they'll despise their husbands all the rest of their lives Likewise will all the ladies scorn the princes of the sire I fear the low example will arouse contempt and ire What to do about it? Let a law be written by which Vashti might be smitten By the loss of her royal estate then choose another queen who is not so mean. That's a fine that's Scribe, take a decree. Yes, Your Majesty. I, Ahasuerus, decree that Queen Vashti shall be deprived of her royal estate for just and good causes, and that every man in my kingdom shall bear rule in his own house. So the queen was divorced, and Ahasuerus was alone in the palace, and he was very lonely. What matters come, what matters glory, what matters riches of song, and so
Then said the king's servant that ministered unto him, Sire, we have a suggestion. What is it? Let the king appoint officers in all the provinces that they may gather together fair young maidens into Shushan the palace. And let the maiden which pleases the king be queen instead of Vashtar. Let it be done. What matters, Tom? What matters, glory? What matters, laws that are written down? What matter at all? What does anything mean? So long as I have no Now in Shushan there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai. And he brought up Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The maid was fair and beautiful. So it came to pass, when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house. And Esther showed not her people or her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. So Esther went into the royal house of Ahasuerus. What is your name? My name is Esther. It's a pretty name. Thank you, Your Majesty. And very becoming. Sit beside me, Esther. You're very beautiful. Of what family are you? A common family. My father was Abihail. And of what people are you? An ancient people. How ancient? Ancient as Persia. Esther, do you think you could love the emperor of 127 provinces, king of the Persians, king of the Medes? Yes. <laughs> but what do you know about love, little Esther? Love is a wind on the water, the flood of a rolling 
loved Esther above all, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Ashtar. Then came Haman. Haman was a wicked man, for all the servants in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman, for the king had promoted him above all the princes. Only Mordecai bowed not. When Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, he was full of wrath. Who is that dog of a dog who will not bow down to me? That's your excellency, is Mordecai, the Jew. All others bow to me. He alone remains standing in the gate. I'll see about that. You, Mordecai, down on your knees. Well, down, Jew. Haman has spoken. I bow only to God. Down, you fool. You've had my answer. You'll die for this cursed old man. Why do you refuse to bow, you swine? Yes. Speak up, Greybeard. Answer the Grand Vizier. I will not bow down to a man on a horse. I will not bow down to a crown. I will never yield to a tyrant force, though I burn or hang or drown. I will never worship a grand vizier or his son or his nephews or nieces. There's only one so I be chopped in a thousand pieces. I will not kiss the earth that you have brought, though I be whipped all day for it. I will bow down only to the living God. Don't be the price I pay for it. Shall I arrest this man, Your Excellency? No, don't contaminate yourself. I have a better plan in mind for dealing with Mordecai and his kind. Come along, Captain. Scribe, come here. Yes, Your Excellency. Set this down. To the king's lieutenants and to the governors and the rulers of every people of every province, and order as follows. To destroy, to kill, to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day. The day of the twelfth month, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. Very well. Inscribe this order immediately and return to me here. Thus shall I avenge the insult of Mordecai. He and his people shall perish as one. The best way to bolster authority is to fully call my authority. I shall play with the sword all those I hate. They'll gravel in the dust before Haman and Great. And the scattered and the few will my wrath 
be hurled. Then I'll seize the crown and conquer the world. I'll begin by making a scapegoat race and cut my throat and quicken my face. Oh, the best way to bolster authority is to bully a small minority. Iron, every Persian and me. I'll make them sweat and I'll make them bleed. With gross and poisonous lies, I'll feed them and hold in my grip all life and freedom. I'll begin by making a scapegoat race and kill them off without a trace. Listen. What are you doing inside the palace? You'll be killed if you're found here. That's why I must speak quickly. Did you get my message about Haman's decree to massacre the Jews? What's to be done? Esther, you must go into the king and make supplication to him on behalf of your people. But don't you know the law? Whoever goes into the king without being called shall be put to death. Except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter. But I've not been called to come into the king for the past 30 days. Esther. Don't think that you shall escape in the king's house any more than the rest of your people. For if you altogether hold your peace now, then deliverance shall arise from another place. But you and your father's house shall be destroyed. Who knows but what you are come to the kingdom for just such a time as this. Very well. I will go unto the king, which is not according to law. And if I perish, I perish. Where are the proclamations awaiting my seal? Here, Your Majesty. Very well. And while I seal these with the king's ring, go tell Memukan, who stands with Haman, that I would have a word with him. Yes, sire. Your Excellency. Yes? His Majesty the King requests that you consult with him as soon Wait as... Wait a moment. I believe my eyes. Is that Queen Esther standing here in the court, though not called by the King? Why, this is a grave transgression of the law. Punishable by death unless the King holds forth his sacrifice. Quiet, the King must be. Queen Esther. May it please the King. Come. That's the scepter which I hold forth. My sire. What is your request, Queen Esther? If it please the king to grant my petition, let the king and Haman come tomorrow to a banquet which I've prepared for them. Is that all? <laughs> let it be done, Queen Esther, and let Haman be so advised.
invited nobody to the banquet but myself and the king. Why, this is the greatest honor that has ever been bestowed upon any man in the kingdom. But it avails me nothing so long as I see Mordecai sitting at the king's gate. Mordecai, who will not bow down to me, though the rest of Shushan kiss the dirt under my feet. I believe I shall hang the knave. Hmm. I will build a gallows today, fifty cubits high, here before my own house, so that I may see it. Tomorrow I will petition the king that Mordecai be hanged. Yes, the first to build the gallows. On that night, the king could not sleep, and he commanded to bring the books of the records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. Of Ahasuerus, two of the king's chamberlains sought to lay hands upon the king to murder him. But the thing was known to a man named Mordecai who told it to the officers of the king. And when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out, and therefore the criminals were hanged. And on the eighth day. Just a moment. I don't even remember this thing. What honor has been done Mordecai for making known the plot against me? Nothing was done for him. Nothing? Hmm. Who's in the court right now? Haman, to petition the king concerning the hanging of a citizen of Shushan. Tell him to come in. Yes, your majesty. And unkindness has been done unto Mordecai. His service to the throne should have been acknowledged long before this. But for his vigilance, I might be dead. May it please the king, the grand vizier. Haman, a question. Ah, yes, your majesty. What shall be done to a man whom the king delights to honor? A man whom the king... Delights to honor. Well, the man whom the king delights to honor will um, bring the royal apparel which the king wears, and the horse which the king rides, and the crown which is set upon his head. Let one of the king's most noble princes array the man withal, and bring him on horseback through the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done. Man whom the king delights to honor. Very good, Haman. Now make haste and take the apparel and the horse as you have suggested, and do so to Mordecai, who sits at the gate. Don't overlook anything you've suggested. So Haman had to honor Mordecai according to his own device. And after that, he went to the banquet with the king and Esther the queen. <laughs> now, what is the petition you saved up for this banquet, Queen Esther? If I found favor in your sight, and if I please the king... Yes? Then spare my life and spare my people. Spare your life? Your people? What do you mean, Queen Esther? We are sold, I and my people. Sold? Uh, what enemy of the king would kill the queen? Who is he and where is he that dares presume in his heart to do so? He is with us. And his name is Haman. He has issued a decree to massacre the Jews who are my people. No, no, it is not I. The adversary and the enemy. It is this very man. Haman. 
Have you perverted the command I entrusted unto you because I believed in the wisdom of your counsel? No, Your Majesty. I, uh, allow me to, to explain. Why do you stammer so? The matter is not what it seems, Your Majesty. I have rung for the Chamberlain Harbona. We will make inquisition whether you lie against the word of the Queen. But, Your Majesty, if it please the King, I... It, Harbona, not... apprehend this man. He has conspired to destroy the Queen and her people. I am innocent of this. Bear witness for me, Chamberlain. What do you know of this, Harbona? I know only that the Grand Vizier has lately built a gallow 50 cubits high for Mordecai. For Mordecai? Where is this gallows that would prove enough? It stands in the house of Haman. Is that so, Haman? Yes, but you see, it was... Harbona! Has he written to reverse the letters devised by Haman to destroy these people? Your Majesty! Let it be granted that these people gather themselves together and stand for their life to destroy those who attack them on the 13th day of the 12th month. Has we known that they should be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies? Yes, Your Majesty. And as for Haman, take him away. Cover up his face and hang him on the gallows he prepared in his house. No. No, Your Majesty, no. No. And Haman stood upon the gallows. Haman stood upon the gallows he built in his own house where to hang for his Hanged Haman the gallows. Let this be a lesson to vain men who lust for limitless power. Let this notify profane men that there comes a reckoning hour. Let this point a moral that the only truce with a traitor and tyrant is a gallows noose. Let this be a lesson to great men who rule and command and lead. Never trust in men who hate men because of their race or creed. Let this point a moral that the only truth with a bully and a bigot is a gallows And as to the queen and joined her people, 
to establish among them the month which was turned unto them from morning into a good day, that they should make days of feasting and joy. All these acts, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Medea and Persia? That was Esther, a new opera by Lynn Murray and Norman Corwin, presented as the second in the Old Testament trilogy. The role of Esther was sung by Genevieve Rowe, that of Ahasuerus by Harrison Knox, Mordecai by Eugene Lowenthal, and Haman by Kenneth Schoen. Next week at this same time, Columbia will present Charles Lawton in a literal adaptation of the Book of Job as the last of the Old Testament trilogy, for which production Dean Taylor has composed a special score, his first for radio. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Clearly, with so many of the lines of dialogue used in this story, Corwin was painting a picture, and I think a quite accurate one, of Haman as an ancient uh, Persian Hitler. This was particularly uh, noteworthy, and one change Corwin uh, made. There were a few licenses in the story, but the one that most stands out to me is Corwin ascribing a motive of world domination to Haman, which could not at all be uh, inferred from the biblical text. But it serves Corwin's purpose of creating a parallel of how Haman sought to destroy the Jewish people and was brought to ruin and defeat, just as Hitler would be brought to ruin and defeat. Overall, a great story and very well produced. And we will definitely hear from Mr. Corwin again. Well, folks, tomorrow we're going to take a slight break from our march to war and uh, take a listen to an episode of Command Performance that was recorded uh, during World uh, Wartime as we take a look at Thanksgiving during the war over these next three days and then we'll pick up our pre-war theme on Friday. In the meantime, send your comments to uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net. If you would like to share your experience or that of a loved one during World War II, please email your stories to box13 at greatdetectives.net. We'll consider all stories to be shared on the air. We also welcome your suggestion as to future programs. This program is dedicated to those who fought and died in World War II and is presented as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, greatdetectives.net. The opening theme is The Heroic by Ken Curlin, kencurlin.com.